Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the I'll Try That podcast. Now this week we have a full accompaniment within the bar. We have Simo joining us from Australia. Huzzah! Barber and Drabwell. Hi, yes. And of course, he's, well, that's me. And Joe. Joe. <laughs> Joe's Joe's too. Too. Have you heard? <laughs> so this week we're going to be taking a travel to the land of the rising sun and talk about one of the Japanese beers we haven't sampled yet, which is Sapporo. Doesn't the sun rise everywhere? Yeah, but yes, but yeah. it's known as the, house, the, the land of the rising sun. It's not sun. the house of the rising sun. That's in New, Or- <laughs> no, that's, that's <laughs> in New Orleans, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but first, I believe we have Simo with a hot topic for us. Yes. So uh, <laughs> It doesn't sound so, convinced. <laughs> no, yeah. So I thought I'd just uh, have a quick chat about something uh, called liquid gold, where it's turning stale beer into renewable energy in Australia. Um, so this has come about, obviously, due to the corona pandemic. And basically, because they didn't want it to go to waste, they converted it into uh, using a waste water treatment plant. Um, and basically, it's a plant that cr- uh, creates a strong biogas, uh, which is used for power. <laughs> There's a couple of people in attendance who are guilty of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's repurposed 150,000 litres of expired beer every week. So this has been set up, this is an initiative that's been set up yeah. to convert stale beer into something usable, this biogas, yeah. which can be used for vehicles, for use for industrial like power energy source, so, basically. So, yeah, so actually it's been used to power houses and the local area and things like that. SA Waters Glenegg Wastewater Treatment Plant in Adelaide. That's easy so, for you to say. Yeah, I know, right. Uh, so that weekly 150,000 litres is enough power for how many houses do we think? Seven. Yeah. <laughs> Eight. I'd say 30,000 houses. Travis Dra- 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 has a habit of local town. these things, Big town. doesn't he? Um, yeah. Well, gonna, I always throw the curveball. I'm going to go yeah. in the... No, I'm going to go high. I was maybe in the middle. I'll, I will go with 52,000 houses. Okay, so it's actually only 1,200 houses, but a week. But that's a week. But that's a week. So, so um, I was the closest. Yeah, I went, I'm going for a year. <laughs> and actually, yeah, and actually this is free for them. Like, as in people have been donating. So like pubs and stuff have just been donating it. For, so this treatment plant's actually getting it for free, essentially. Um, well, yeah, because it's waste. Everyone's yeah. got their waste to get rid of, which is you otherwise have to pay to get rid of your waste. Yeah, exactly. You can't just tip, you can't tip stale beer just down the sink and just, you know, which is the best on this industrial scale. You've got to pay someone to collect it from your beer, from your brewery, and then take it away and then get rid of it. Whereas actually, if there's a, a service that's off being offered up to say, we'll do it for free, then people are like, yeah, come get it. So, yeah, so it's those huge containers. Well, I don't know what you call them. Yeah. The massive trucks, like the cylinder trucking looking things that obviously carry oil and things. They've been just... But they're obviously, they've emptied out from tanks, obviously. Mm. Yeah, from yeah. the waste of them. So pretty so, cool. So, how, how many, did you say 1,200 houses? A week, yeah. I was going to say that I'm all up for renewable energy and everything like that. But why have we got so much beer wastage? Isn't that another problem? Well, it's the pandemic, isn't it? That's, it's the pandemic, um, so it's all the pubs that yeah. couldn't get get sell their yeah. products. So yeah, but it is a problem, and it is, it is a massive problem. But yeah, loads of people yeah. have been trying to figure out what to do with it, haven't they? Because remember, we did a few hot topics in the past about all the amount of beer that that was going to waste because. Uh, Brewers were obviously putting it in, in kegs or, or in you know tankers and sending it around and stuff. Um, well, as in Hawaii, the stream. Indeed, yeah. Although um, I think we were, were being optimistic that that was that, that was an accident rather than, uh, than uh, on, on purpose. But then 
and just that lockdowns meant people couldn't go into pubs. So, um, you know, the shelf life is it's normally about three weeks for cast beer, isn't it? And then um, three months normally for, for keg. Um, and cans as well. Yeah, exactly. Cans have a slightly longer shelf life, but yeah, you should be putting them... Oh, fun fact, you should be putting your cans and beer in the fridge to be stored as soon as you get it, not leaving them in a store cupboard. Because you need to be, they need to be at consistent temperature. Ah, decent, but uh, so, which is another reason why everyone needs to have their own beer fridge. You know, that's just the it. Well, since when we went round yours, Joe's recently, and we saw your wine beer fridge, I've now been adamantly looking for one because I was very jealous of it, and I've even found the location where I would like to put it. Um, so yeah, I, I I will own one by the end of the year. I've decided, and of course, nice. yeah. okay, any beer fridge manufacturers who happen to be tuned in we're happy yeah. to do a comparison on the quality of your products <laughs> I'm, very, up. I'm very happy to upgrade my beer fridge beer wine fridge situation as well and separate the two so what's They're the difference the meat. what's the difference between a beer wine fridge and a beer fridge what you put the in name. <laughs> as yeah. in, no, but does it have does it have special does it have special slots for wine i'm if... sure i'm sure the configuration inside would be that was a slightly different but you know the wine it's, it is primarily a wine fridge that i've converted into a beer fridge obviously for this just for this podcast uh, for no other personal reasons and uh, oh, i yeah, don't do beer fridges i only do wine fridges yeah. friends yeah <laughs> but you can you can fit significantly more beer in it than you can wine can you, i'm can just going to put it out there can you adjust the temperature on each level of your your fridge Jeff. no it's not that fancy because oh, okay. i've heard that well, there is an option out there to do that and i just remember how much drabbers like like me banging on about the various different levels <laughs> of, of warmth that beer should be stored at i thought we could go really granular with it again but we have digressed a little bit already um, <laughs> yeah story story of our life i think this is going to happen with four people i just feel like this is a natural progression well, I think it's it's going back to the the bio um the biogas coming out of it. Obviously, everyone's all countries. I, I want to say it's not even just breweries, but all countries are looking for ways of of, of dealing with this issue of, of wastage. And to your point, drivers, breweries have got big responsibility on their shoulders to reduce the amount of waste created within the brewing process itself. You know, we hear all about breweries doing that. You know, the brew dogs full cycle. You know, kind of production method. You know, the fact that. There are lots, there are dog biscuits being made out of, of waste, you know, waste beer produce now and stuff. So there are all these different ways that breweries are, are trying to do it. But this it sounds like this big plant has been done on a, on a, on a country level. I was going to say, well, so, so I use this app at the moment called Food to Go, which is um, businesses at like, say, you've got your Greggs, Marks and Spencers, Morrison's like pizza restaurants and all this sort of stuff, at the end of the evening, they will stick out on this app any wastage food that they've got to go. So like yesterday, um, I ended up with two extra large meat feast pizzas for six quid from this pizza place. And you just go around and you pick them up and they give you the time to come do that. We should take that idea, but for breweries and beer. Like, That's go, a great idea. Uh, yeah, if you've got... And then, yeah, you literally you can like reserve it and then they give you a spot to go and get it. But we should do that for breweries and stuff. I would love that. I think yeah, it's perfect. I do think that there are elements of that already occurring in the local areas to breweries, but it must be on a very small scale because, you know, if you live next or near a brewery and you've got a good relationship there, you know when is the right time to go to the brewery to get the, the, the cheaper beer, right? You know, the cheaper yeah. beer that's, that's ready to go. But you're right. They need to basically, they need to put an app to it, you know, mm. that you can get it. I would be 100% would quite happily drive for free beer. Yeah, exactly. This is there. Certainly. So this week, we're going to be talking about Sapporo premium beer from Japan. Now, who's got a start date for old Sapporo? 1950. 
Um, I got much older. It is. I just... I've got confused. <laughs> you, just threw, you just threw a date out there. Just, there a, just want to throw some fake news out at the yeah, start. So, <laughs> there was, no, there is, there is a reason for 1915, which we'll come on to later. But it is not what you asked for. <laughs> Carry on. Okay. Number three will shock you. No, yeah. So... Um, um, I believe Sapporo is the oldest brand of beer in Japan and founded in the year of 1876. Yeah, founded in 1876. Don't like my 1950 fact, just because just it isn't true. 1876, that's incredible. That is incredible. So so it started up in... Uh, maybe Barbara can let you do all of the Japanese pronunciations because you did pretty good, good early on. But so Hokkaido Development Commission. So this is an, a, a place, Hokkaido, is that right? Yeah. Do we know where in Japan Hokkaido is? So um, it's the most northern island of Japan. It's like if you look at the, oh, if you look okay. at the thing, it's like the si- slightly secular. Uh, is it sec- is secular the right word? The island just above, like non-religious. No, that means no, <laughs> no, it's definitely not, it's not, not the right word. Oh, do you know what that is? Definitely not the right word. Do you know what that word. is? I've definitely been doing a lot of history uh, recently, and uh, that's definitely a word I've been using. So it's a word that's it's it's a word. It's an island that's the most northern island of Japan. I'm just going to finish there and just walk. And, and it's separated. Is that the word you're looking for? Probably, but as in, it's not. It's yeah, as in you have to get a boat. It's not joined. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not a peninsula. Yeah, and um, and uh, basically, Hokkaido is one of the biggest cities in Japan as well. So it's it's in a very populous place. So Godzilla would probably go there. I feel like you've got some good no, <laughs> no. Sapporo, Sapporo is the capital. So actually, everyone tickled by the beer. We're actually, sort of the name of the city. So liken it to. <laughs> England, if, if there was a beer just called Manchester, right? Um, but I think I read like 5 million people live in Sapporo. So yeah, you're right. It's really, really populous. Now, talking, now you might be wondering, and I was just reading about this, why Sapporo? Why um, Hokkaido? Why, why was this brewery created there? Which, which as you said, Simo, is the first brewery within Japan itself. And it's coming out of its very isolationist kind of period. You know, 1876, Japan up to that point had been very much shunning the outside world and very like looking on the inside. This all came about because a, a man named Drabbers, Baba? Saibei? Saibei? Saibei Nakagawa. Saibei Nakagawa. Now, the story of this guy is very fascinating. He was a 17-year-old who, who was a stowaway on a ship and found himself in Europe where he learned from the Berlin Brewing Company and became a brewmaster. So he was Japan's first ever brewmaster sorry i was going to say sorry sorry just to go back so when he stowed away he was um there was the possibility if he'd been found out he would have been executed because at the time it was incredibly illegal and highly illegal and um, and that people weren't allowed to leave the state without the proper authentication and paperwork so he, he so he, he jumped ship oh no he not jumped ship. No. he jumped country he jumped country <laughs> i think he went to, he went to england for seven years i think it said so he did some time in so Europe. So just, yeah. I just got that he just Europe. So he did some time in England. Yeah. And then he obviously got to Germany at some point to learn the brewing techniques of, for Germany. And then he found his way back. And the original intention was that he was going to be setting up this, this brewery, the first ever brewery in the capital, Tokyo, which had just become the newly inaugurated capital of Tokyo. Um, this is, we're still talking about the, still the formation of Japan as an island other outside of daimyo and districts, etc. So, you know, this is just... 1876, Tokyo had just been made the capital of, of Tokyo as it's, it's like the seat of government. Why it then got to this place in, um, in Sapporo, up in this 
northernmost island is because this of this Hokkaido Development Commission. Does anyone have any idea about why that? I believe I know this, uh, and I believe the answer in a word is the climate. Hokkaido being that bit further north, it is a uh, rather more wintry climate, not 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 sort of sub subtropical like it would have been in in, in Tokyo. Um, and I believe in tied into that is that um, uh, cost of getting hold of ice <laughs> was was very high. So they thought, um, why don't we just set up where the ice is? That kind of actually makes a lot of logic a lot of logical sense. In fact, for anyone who remembers it, I'm a big fan of old old episodes of The Simpsons, and there's a whole thing about a guy bringing back bags of ice from the Arctic. It's like, you've got to start charging more than a dollar a bag for this because we lost another three men. <laughs> if you've got a better way of getting ice, I'd like to hear it. We've <laughs> now got five breweries over the, over the, like, internationally. And I was just going to say, boy, I've got six beers. I'm afraid I've got six here. Oh, okay. Well, okay. How about this? I, I, the five I've got, and then Joe can add his final one. Um, I was going to ask, <laughs> where do we think they are around the world? Um, so, because I just want to have like how far spread do you think they are? Is what I mean. Well, okay. there's definitely got to be one in America. Yeah. I was okay, you are right. There's one yeah. in the United States. There's, I think there's going to be some real curveball in there as well. It's like there's one in Chad or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got one in Canada, um, which was yep. bu- which was purchased by Sapporo in 2006 for 400 million dollars. Um, I then obviously have the one in the United States, as we said, in Wisconsin. Is that how you say it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, La Crosse, Wisconsin, and then Again. Vietnam. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, it makes sense for Vietnam, where it is Japan. That 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 is catering to the Southeast Asia, isn't it? Not just in that part of Asia. Interestingly, Vietnam is where I got mine from because that's where they produce the six fifty cans for Australia. Um, and then Germany, I've got one in Dusseldorf, Germany. Those locations also struck me as they're going, continuing along the lines of going where it's cold. Uh, have Vietnam, on on the other hand, I guess less so. Well, it does make a point of like brewing beer in tropical climates and different climates as well. You know, obviously we've, we've talked quite highly about a lot of the uh, beers that are brewed in quite tropical environments, you know, in, in the likes of Vietnam and Singapore and such. So, but it must be a very different kettle of fish, especially with a brand where you're trying to create the same beer across the globe, which is what Sapporo is trying to do. Then obviously they have to do very different takes on the beer process in order to create the same beer at the end for these different climates. Now has six breweries in Japan. So there's six breweries in Japan. That's where we've got six. And then you've got one in Vietnam, Canada, and the US. That's all I've got. So it's four internationally, and then they obviously have the Japanese ones. I wondered if there was five, whether this was because, and I can't help but think Sapporo might have been copying other... <laughs> well, actually, sorry, I'd have to get my timelines right on this, but there's been a bit of breweries copying each other's homework because I noticed Sapporo have got a star. <laughs> just like, just like Australia <laughs> we did the other week. Someone else has got a star, and Isn't is it going to be the five points? What are the five points going to be, Drabbers? I was going to say yeah. maybe they're, they're the breweries around the world, but yeah. it could very um, well be... The five ingredients of beer, which is almost like what a catchphrase beer? on this podcast. Well, the star has always has always been the, the quintessential. Like this is what this is beer. The sign of beer, the mark of beer, was a star, isn't it? Mm. You I, know, that's that's like the old timey. Uh, you know, I don't think it was so much in the UK, but in other countries where you where you'd go and get beer was from a, a shop with a star. Heineken, around, yeah, it. that's we talked about that yeah. Heineken, like. I've, I've never, until you mentioned it then, I didn't really associate, oh, like, I always knew there were stars across 
every single kind of brewery, but it kind of is the international sign. It's kind of like the bat signal for beer. Like You'd want to see that up in the sky and you would know head towards there, beer man's coming or something. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Blue blue moon were breaking the mould. Just like, everyone else has stars, <laughs> whatever the moon. However, if you did project yeah. that onto the sky, people would just go, oh, oh look, it's the moon. Instead of, <laughs> instead of beer. Tenuous, I know. Now, bring it down into slightly sadder news, I suppose. If we're talking about, you know, the recent years and the recent history of Sapporo. And, you know, the fact that this brewery's been around since 1876. Now, the first... Does anyone have any idea about what's happened to the first brewery? Because I was thinking... A lot of breweries tend to take their first brewery and they obviously grow out of that space. They buy, they build new breweries, yeah. they move on, but they usually keep their, um, like a museum. their, uh, their, their one and turn it into a museum. Exactly. Now, Sapporo didn't do that. It's now become a shopping mall. Oh. As you can probably no, buy Sapporo it... in there though. <laughs> <laughs> no, does it have no, does it, has it just gone? Yeah, we don't need the site anymore. We'll just sell it. So in 1993, they transferred the beer production to another place. The, the, the original 1876 uh, Kaitakushi Brewery was redeveloped and now houses, offices and a shopping mall and a movie theatre live there. So it wasn't even like it's there anymore. It's kind of like redeveloped. I, but yeah, I'd say forward thinking. I mean, there's a Sapporo Beer Museum. and it's But it's not the original brewery that we now know is, is demolished or it's not there. I do love a good brewery tour. Mm, exactly. I mean, it's still, I'm sure it'd be still a good tour. Um, think, people were talking about the future Um has anybody gone on their website and had a look around the Sapporo website? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. do you know the the slogan that they've got like all over the place, which is uh, where East meets West? Is quite. Yeah. I've noticed that they've they've doing a lot of um, like linkage with food, which I think we've link we've always said is quite a popular thing. And um, but also every brewer doing, ever, every brewer ever. And then obviously they they've got this. Uh, link with artists, bartenders, and DJs, and they've got all these supposedly famous artists, bartenders, and DJs, which now I feel really old because I didn't recognise any of them. Um, <laughs> You're just so, not very cool, mate. That's all. No, I'm just not very cool. <laughs> but you know, DJ Callum X and DJ Nicker. Oh, no. <laughs> and DJ Nicker. Licker. Licker. L-I-C-C-A. L-I-C-C-A. So maybe Lisa. I don't know. Um, uh, again, these also could be DJs that aren't that popular in the UK, but they'll be popular in other countries. Yeah. So let's and, not forget. and then the bartender—we tend to think of ourselves as being the epicenter of all pop culture, yeah, but actually, it's, it's, and then uh, the bartender Junior Sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Come again? I actually, think it's no, sorry, it's Sausage. So it's like S-A-G-E. That's better. That reminds that reminds me of that Johnny Depp. Perfume advert that's uh, <laughs> it's Johnny Depp looking all moody in front of the word sauvage. Yes, yeah. someone's like rubbed out at the, the V and put an S that says sausage. So I was going to say, so my my favourite thing I found out about Sapporo is they they had probably one of the coolest collaborations I think I think we've had so far on this podcast. They collabed with they collabed with the the Russian. The Russian Academy of Science. So what they did was they got some of the um, they got some of the barley um, from the International Space Station that was grown and cultured and made beer from it. So you could have rocket beer. That's pretty. Wow. Sweet. So, Sorry, so say, the research project aimed at to explore food sufficiency. Say those words to me so, again. They made rocket beer. How? Sorry, how did you make rocket beer? So they got they sent bar- barley into space. Yeah, so it was barley that was grown on the International Space Station. So That's once crazy. resided on the International Space Station. 
And then they brought a handful of seeds back and then they, they made basically from, from the barley, they made their own beer. Um, and then they had like a big raffle. So everyone could pay, I think it's like the equivalent of 86 pounds or something like that. And you could buy a raffle ticket to get a six pack of this beer that was grown from barley that had been in space. It's a space beer. That's which I think is the coolest collaboration. And, and, and to say that limited edition, all the proceeds went to charity, just yeah. to put that point in there. I, I thought what, that was quite a nice that touch, is actually. Absolutely incredible. Like, that's such a cool thing to have. I've never done. heard of a space beer before. Space beer! I bet that beer was even more expensive than the beer Drabbers got that was uh, collaborated with that band. Oh, the Blossoms, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where, where the proceeds went into their back pockets, yeah. not to charity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to oh, well, charity. Well, actually, it sounds bad, but I'm actually surprised that they did it all for charity. Like, I don't know why, but I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. I really like that. It's good. So we had to talk about the can. Now, Simo, you're fashioning the can for us right now. Now, this is a big boy can. Anyone who's noticed Sapporo, you've probably seen them in a bottle, but you will definitely have spotted or have recognised a Sapporo can because it is unique, to say the least. It's heavy. Actually, the, the, the metal itself is much stronger than the aluminium in standard cans, but it's flexible enough to be moulded into a tumbler glass shape. It's quite an unusual shape as it's really tall and, and big. And um, The can is designed to feel weighty and it originally featured a removable top that allowed drinkers to enjoy the container as if it was a pint glass, which they've now phased out. But that was quite cool. You could almost get rid of the top and then you've just got this tumbler of beer. I like that. Like It sounds silly, but it feels and looks like a pint glass like a silver pint glass. It's actually mm. really cool. And it is, as you said, it's actually very heavy. What's the ABV? 4.7. Yeah. 5%. 4.7. 4. Mine's, yeah. mine's always more because I'm in Australia. Oh, no. Oh, and, and just to say that Australia has just been dubbed the... Uh, the Drunkest drunk. country in the world. That's, that's it. <laughs> the drunkest country um, in the world. Do you know why? Probably, do you know why? Because it's bloody hot. Well, especially in Queensland. So it's just, just too hot. You need to cool down. Mm. And the only way, the best way to cool down, as we know, Drink is water. in the cold shower. Water. Water. <laughs> to have a nice, refreshing lager beverage. <laughs> so, Joe, um, this is the premium beer. Okay. Now, I, um, I've been told that there are more than three, and I thought there were only three. So, do you know those bad Who boys? told you? You've got their Sephora <laughs> premium beer, which is, comes in the bottles and the cans that we see. Uh, and I'm, I will read the descriptors for each of these, because I think they're fantastic. Amazingly crisp, perfectly balanced taste. They have Sapporo Premium Light Beer, which is a smooth and clean taste inherited from Sapporo Premium. Sapporo Reserve Beer, a full-bodied all-malt beer with intense complexity. That's how they describe me. Sapporo (laughs) Pure, an exceptionally light beer with only 90 calories and 2.4 carbs. That's how they talk about me. (laughs) <laughs> and then Sapporo Premium Black Beer, a bold dark lager. Sorry, say again. Sapporo. I knew that was going to come. <laughs> <laughs> Sapporo Black Beer, a premium black beer, a bold dark lager that ex- exudes a refined hop bitterness. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> nice. That's interesting. I exude. And and they they invite you to experience the darker side of Sapporo. (laughs) But is is this the evil beer? (laughs) (laughs) It does seem like the evil beer. Evil. (laughs) (laughs) Kampai, Kampai. Does anybody know in Japanese? Because they have that on one of their descriptors for the drinks. Kampai. Isn't it cheers? Ah. Kampai? 
Kampai. Dirt nerd. Yeah, it's what they say when they're like, cheers. It's Kampai. Oh, okay, Kampai. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't meant to be a Japanese accent, by the way. That was just me going, Kampai. Okay. <laughs> Dreadwell, tell me about the taste. Do it. Well, I clearly liked it because I finished it, <laughs> which is that's testament to them. Was it was it exceptionally crisp and refreshing? Oh, and amazingly crisp, amazingly clean. Yeah, clean. yeah. Mm. I now, think I'm I'm again taken in by the, the you know like the silver everywhere. That to me like is that kind of clean, clinical, crisp. So I have to relate this back to Asahi because this is the closest thing we have to benchmark yeah. against. It's another Japanese beer that's been around for a long time and it's hitting the same kind of taste palette, you know, this crisp, crisp, amazingly crisp, but clean, well-balanced lager, premium lager. And also Asahi refers to their lager as being a premium product, mm. doesn't it? I find, if I'm comparing the two, I actually find Asahi's is to be that little bit crisper. So they, they win on the crispiness in comparison to... Uh, <laughs> Just to, to you wait till this guy discovers crisps. <laughs> 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 the crispiest. <laughs> Forget the beer. These things are amazing. <laughs> I feel like it's got that kind of a very different kind of honey, kind of like a thicker texture, maybe than Asahi. And I just I prefer this immensely. I absolutely love this at the moment. You do. I I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm on the fence. I, I think I prefer Asahi. I'm I'm with you, Joe. I'm with you. I think I prefer Asahi. I, I think Asahi. They're, they're both nice beers. Um, but I think Asari pins it pins it to the post, um, and I think they're they're both very similar branded as well. If you look at their websites, if you look at the actual bottle and the kind of design they're going for, they're going for clean cut, they're going for clinical, and they're going for slightly futuristic. Like you look at the can that Sima has, they're both. I think they're both very similar products, but I I, I think that's just the way the market is. For for balance as much as anything else, I'm going to side side with Simo. Yeah, I like I like Sapporo. The only thing that's a drawback is obviously just uh, over here, Asahi far more readily available, and therefore you can get a get it at a better cost. So sorry to to take it to a really practical sounding sounding place, but um, I like Sapporo. That's gone down very smoothly indeed, and it's that yeah, six o'clock in the evening, long day. I could very happily take it to a few of those. It's interesting you say, say about being readily available because I'm just looking on the back of the bottle and it says it's under license by Diageo Island, yeah, <laughs> St. James's Gate. So obviously they are are making or, or producing or doing something with Sapporo or have the distribution rights to Sapporo in the UK. Mm. Must be. Well, because I think that that's the same here. So I was just going to say that's pretty much the same here. Like there's a, uh, a, a, a Cooper's Brewery, which is in um, Australia, in South Australia, um, is just getting it from Vietnam, essentially. So it's made in Vietnam and they have the rights to distribute it. So I think it, it seems very, very common to get it here. Mm. You can see those cans coming out like those vending machines, couldn't you? Yeah. yeah. It's such a distinctive can and uh, I love it. I, I do love the cans. I love when you, when you pick one up because it feels really, I don't know, it feels really different when you've got it in your hand because Hearty. it is such a bigger can than those 330 mils that you usually get. Um, so looking at numbers on Instagram, Sapporo Beer USA, which is their biggest Instagram account, has 12k followers. Mm, okay. On Twitter, I'll do Sapporo Beer USA, they have 552 followers, and Sapporo Beer UK have 16 followers. So again, they are, <laughs> have a very different presence in different countries. I'm sure if you go to Sapporo Beer, um, Australia, if they even have one, it might be something different. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm sorry. I hate myself for this as well. It's just you guys know how anal I am. Drabbers, um, 
You said pins them to the post. It's, it's pips them to the post. I'd say, I'd, I'd, I'd say otherwise, Please. if I didn't, if I didn't, I was like going to be, I was going to wake up in cold sweats tonight. And just, it would have been even worse I'm if we'd sorry, made everyone. you edit this one as well, and then you'd be editing yeah. it like shouting yeah. at the screen at the same time. No, I can't no. now edit. I can't now edit me saying that in over Drabber's <laughs> I, I no, that, actually feel like you would do that. Wrap up to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Get a Sapporo. Have a go. Pip it to the post. <laughs> and that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That Podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now.